It is now 14 minutes past seven. Standing on the bridge of HMS Queen Elizabeth as she prepares for her first deployment, it is hard not to be awestruck by the sheer scale of this aircraft carrier and its sister vessel, HMS Prince of Wales, moored alongside her in Portsmouth Harbour. Looking down at the airstrip, the real purpose of this ship, I can see numbers marked out. 50, 100, 150, all the way to 850 feet. That is the length of three football pitches. Impressive, yes, but is it of any real military value? Or, as the Kremlin remarked, is it just a massive floating target? Over the 25 years that building this ship and its sister ship have been discussed, there have been many critics of the idea, both inside and outside the armed forces. Foremost amongst them is Sir Max Hastings, the military historian who, as a young reporter, travelled with the Falklands Task Force to report on the war with Argentina. Because you always have to think, what's something for? I've compared the aircraft carriers to the Egyptian pyramids in that they required an enormous amount of labor and input. And they're very impressive to look at, but they can't actually contribute very much to our security or defense. 20 years ago, I was one of those who argued, yes, we should have carriers, but cheap and cheerful carriers. What the Royal Navy needed was more ships. But the admirals were determined to have these enormous behemoths. And now we've got them. And most people in the defence community outside the Royal Navy believe that they should have been sold or mothballed. But of course, no government can bring itself, can produce the bottle to admit that these things are, are just not very relevant. First of all, the Pentagon's Office of Net Assessment concluded, oh, 20 years ago, at the time these carriers were being planned, that they were going to be appallingly vulnerable in the new world to anti-ship missiles. And the Americans, who've got far more protection for their carriers than we do, are very nervous about the vulnerability of the carriers. Secondly, the F-35s to fly off them, we couldn't afford anything like the number that we wanted to have. There are doubts about their effectiveness and the ground attack support role. Gosh, there's so many other things we should and could have spent money on, including now, paper carriers that would have given Britain a better bang for its buck. But you will know there'll be people listening, not least in the Navy, not least in the armed services, or indeed in government, who'll say, well, that's all very well. That was a debate that was had. It is a debate that's over. We've got them now. And they can perform, they argue, an important role in dealing with new threats in the South China Sea, with threats to global trade, as we saw so recently around the Suez Canal, and also that they're a diplomatic platform, they're a way in which we can show off Britain to the rest of the world. I think that's absurd. The idea that they have anything to offer to Boris Johnson's vision of Great Britain, that it has to be said, these ships have been undergoing extensive sea trials over the last few weeks before Queen Elizabeth sets out on its voyage to the Far East, because they're absolutely terrified it's going to break down on the way, as quite a number of British warships have in the past. And when it gets to the South China Sea, any idea that this carrier is going to frighten the Chinese is ridiculous. I'm afraid it's yet another case, which we're all too prone of, gesture strategy, where we try and show off and we beat our chests, when in the end we should be asking hard questions about the sort of equipment, the sort of weapons that Britain really needs these days. Well, Gordon Brown signed off these carriers as a job creation scheme for Scottish shipyards. Well, I would much admire a government that had the bottle to sell or mothball at least one of them so that it's less of a drain on our defences and security. And outside the Royal Navy, most people in the armed forces take exactly the same view. When you talk of courage, 
Do you mean that we in effect have to say, or rather the Prime Minister or Defence Secretary would have to say, we're no longer really a grade one military power. We're no longer a superpower. Let's accept that we're a middle power. That's exactly what I am saying. And some sailors have attacked me for suggesting so. Max Hastings against aircraft carriers. I'm not against aircraft carriers. I would like us to have the sort of carriers that a country of our size can afford and needs in the 21st century. For a start, we're moving into the drone era. What we should have done is built a couple of cheap and cheerful carriers that we can fly drones off in the next generation instead of these absurdly expensive F-35s. But we're stuck with this, and I'm afraid the government at the moment, it feels it's part of this vision of this sort of chest-beating, gosh, isn't Britain big and great posturing that I think Britain has had far too much of in recent years. And finally, what would you say to those who remember your dispatches from the Falkland Islands and say, why shouldn't Britain be capable of doing what we were capable of doing then? Sending a task force thousands of miles around the world and demonstrating that we still do really rule the waves. We are relatively much weaker than we were in 1982. Argentina was an enemy of about our size. The Falklands War was exactly the sort of war that we were just still just capable of winning. But it's ludicrous to pretend, even alongside the Americans, that there are real doubts whether the Americans can see off the Chinese in their home waters of the South China Sea. The idea, I think the Chinese are more likely to die laughing than anything else if they see Britain attempting to show off by putting its carrier out there. Sir Max Hastings, thank you for joining us.